Hi there, men. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and you are listening to the Beatitudes podcast, episode seven, where we continue to explore the Beatitude, blessed are the dads whom, well, blessed are, the, are those who mourn. And of course, the Beatitude is blessed are the dads who mourn. Of course, uh, all of these reflections are taken from my book, The Beatitudes, Eight Ways to Be an Awesome Dad. Uh, the blessed are the dads who mourn is the second Beatitude. And, you know, as we've been talking through this, of course, with each Beatitude, we look at sort of three uh, perspectives. On, on these beatitudes. The first one, of course, is our relationship with the Father, uh, our relationship as son of the Father. How does this beatitude order our relationship to our Heavenly Father? Because the goal, of course, is for us to be men after, to be fathers after the Heavenly Father's own heart. And the second part, which we looked at last time in episode six, it's uh, how does this beatitude order our relationship with our wife? Um, and in that last episode, we talked about how, you know, blessed are the dads who mourn is really about joining with our wife or our children's emotions uh, and allowing God to teach us how to deal with our emotions, right? Um, we have a tendency to get defensive or hostile or uncomfortable in the presence of our own strong emotions and our wife strong emotions and our children's strong feelings. Uh, and we have a tendency to re repress our own emotional reactions, whether the, especially the negative ones. Um, and so we don't bring those to our Heavenly Father and ask God to teach us how to respond in ways that will glorify Him, help us be our best selves and work to the good of others. When we're experiencing fear or anger or frustration or sadness, you know, our first impulse should go be to take those feelings to God and say, Lord, I don't know how to deal with this emotion, but show me, teach me what to do with these feelings you've given me. Father, show me so that I can respond to this feeling in a way that will glorify you, help me be my best self, and help me work for the good of those around me. And then with our wife, when our wife experiences strong feelings, especially strong negative reactions, we have a tendency to get defensive or hostile or upset with her or dismissive, right? We, we don't want her to be upset because we feel personally attacked. Uh, and so I talked about three steps in the last episode of dealing with our spouse's, our wife's emotions. The first one being don't personalize. It's not about you. It's about her feelings. And even if she's yelling at you, it's still not really about you. It's about the fact that she's upset about something, she's hurt and she's angry and she doesn't know what to do about it. Or she's hurt and she's scared and she doesn't know what to do about it. Or she's feeling whatever and she doesn't know what to do about it. Um, and she might be taking it out on you, but it's not about you. And so by not personalizing it, that allows us to step back, to not feel defensive, to not go on the offensive and to not be antagonistic or dismissive, but rather to receive it and listen to the message behind the feeling to attend to the wound behind the emotion. The second step is empathize. And empathizing is all about saying, I, I want to understand right, your experience. I want to understand why this makes sense to you to react this way. Ta tell me more about why you're feeling like this. Tell me what this situation means to you. What do you feel like it says about you? Um, help me understand from the inside out what you're going through. And then the third step is be responsible. And we're using responsible in the same way that St. John Paul used it in his book, Love and Responsibility, which is essentially, to kind of boil it down in very simple terms, to be the ability to, to respond in love, 
right? So the ability to respond in love means the ability to respond in a way that works for my good and your good as well. To love somebody is to work for their ultimate good. And so to be responsible is to be able to respond in a way that it works for your ultimate good. Uh, and so the third step in dealing with emotions from our spouse is be responsible. What can I do to help you? How can I be here for you? What do you need from me? And let's work it out together. The reason I'm spending so much time recapping, I usually do recap from the last episode, but the reason I spent so much time recapping this is because in this third reflection on um, the, the beatitude, blessed are the dads who mourn, we're going to apply these same principles to our relationship with our kids because our kids' feelings really get under our skin, right? If, if our kid, we ask them to do a simple thing and they melt down. We ask them to, to follow the rule and, you know, they, 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 they freak out. Um, we feel it's hard not to feel attacked. It's hard not to feel like, who the heck do you think you are, kid? You know, the whole, I brought you into this world and I can take you out again feeling, you know, that's, that's impolitic to say these days, but we all feel it, I think, uh, as fathers. I know I did when my kids were little. And this, this feeling of rage would just kind of boil up inside of me. Who do you think you are? How dare you, right? And I knew that was wrong. I, I knew that wasn't how God wanted me to respond to my children because it's not how my heavenly father responds to me when I'm struggling. He doesn't condemn me. He, he helps me. He comes to my side and, and teaches me how to deal with those feelings. But again, you know, I can't give that to my children if I don't have that relationship with the father, which is why all these reflections begin as with a reflection of my sonship in relation to my heavenly father and how he wants me to deal with these things. So as a father to my children, God wants us to be his face to our kids. You know, we've talked about this before. And the first word, this is our goal, right? As, as Christian fathers, as fathers who want to be fathers after the heavenly father's own heart, our goal is that when our kids think of us, the first word, the very first word, that should come to their mind is support. When they think of us, they should immediately feel like that's the guy I can go to to get the support I need to feel better, to get the resources and the help and the support I need to solve my problems and get my needs met. Too often, because we become defensive or antagonistic or hostile in the face of our kids' emotions, support is not the first word that comes to our kids' minds. You know, obstacle, pain in the butt, you know, angry, uh, judgmental, distant, uh, rejecting are all emotions, are all words, rather, that, that many of us would probably attribute to our own fathers. And I'm not saying that our dads were bad, necessarily. Uh, I'm saying that we, you know, we all do our best, but it's hard for men in particular to relate in a way that is effective to our kids' emotions. But that's what our Heavenly Father wants us to do. You know, our Heavenly Father is infinitely supportive. And even when we're raging and even when we're terrified and even when we're disappointed or frustrated or resentful, he's always right there. Our feelings don't put him off. You know, Isaiah 65, 24 says, before, I call, before they call, I will answer. While they are yet speaking, I will hear. Matthew eleven twenty eight says, come to me, I will give you rest. Exodus 34, 6, the Lord, the Lord, a gracious and merciful, slow to anger, 
excuse me, a God gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in love and fidelity. Um, Psalm 86.15, but you, Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in mercy and truth. And you might think, well, what does any of that have to do with feelings? Well, I don't know about you, but I, if, 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 I were, if I were God, thank heavens I'm not, but if I were God, I'd be pretty irritated with me most of the time, right? How many times have I told Greg to not do that? Ugh, you know, there he, I, I, after so much I've done for Greg, he's still upset about this. It's never going to be enough for him, right? I mean, my heavenly father, my heavenly father hasn't just put me out of his house yet is a major miracle, but it's a testament to his mercy and his compassion. How does he respond to my feelings? He comes to me and says, when you're ready to call, when you're ready to talk, you let me know and I will teach you how to deal with this. I'm here for you. I love you. I know what to do. Before the words even left your mouth, I knew what to do. And I want to show you. I want to walk with you. I want to help you. Now, let's take a breath and let's work through this together. So when our children are in that place where they're tantruming, where they're frustrated, we need to follow that same three-step process I outlined for dealing with our wife's emotions. The first one, again, don't personalize. Your kids' feelings are not about you. Even if they're raging at you, even if they're yelling at you, even if they're making your day more difficult, your kids' feelings are not about you. The reason that kids get upset, okay, they are not do they're not being upset because they're trying to be manipulative. They're not being upset because they're trying to be willful or defiant. They're upset because they don't know how to achieve their goal. There's, an in, there's a positive intention or a need that's attempting to be expressed behind every kid's stupid, obnoxious, irritating, frustrating behavior. And our kids don't know how to meet those needs. So what happens, what happens when we can't get our needs met? We get frustrated, right? Well, our kids aren't creative enough to realize that there's more than one way to solve a problem, to meet a need, to achieve a goal. They think, I want this. And they think this is the way to do it. It's the only way to do it. There's one way I can accomplish this goal or meet this need. And then here comes dad saying no to me. Well, I'm devastated because there's no other way I can possibly meet this need, right? So I flip out. I start to cry. I start to get angry. I start to tantrum. I melt down in some way. I get fearful. Whatever. The emotion comes not from me wanting to tick off my dad or make his life more difficult or annoy him or be defiant or willful in some way or disrespectful even. It's that I wanted this thing and I figured out a really good idea for getting it and now I can't do it because somebody told me I can't or because I wasn't able to full follow through or whatever it was. The feeling comes from that frustration of not being able to achieve that goal or meet that need. So it's not about me, right? It's about the frustrated goal. So I can I can refrain from personalizing. I can recognize my kids' feelings are not about me. My kids' feelings are about their struggle to figure out how to meet their need or serve their positive intention, which then allows me to empathize the second step. I can go to them and say, help me understand what you're going through. What happened here? What were you trying to do? You know, it might take a little bit, but they'll tell me. You know, I was trying to do this or my brother upset me. Yeah, okay, I understand your brother upset you. What were you trying to do? Well, I wanted to play this or I wanted to do that. 
Okay, so you were trying to do this. So, so you, in empathizing with your kids, you, very much like with, with your wife, you want to try to get to the positive intention behind the behavior. You want to get to what, what they were trying to accomplish or, or what that situation meant to them so that you can start to understand where is this coming from? You know, it's not just that they're obnoxious. It's not just that they're willful. It's not just that they're defiant. They're trying to meet some need or achieve some goal or pursue some good intention. I, as their father, have to figure out what that is and help them figure out what it is because sometimes they don't even know. Help me understand what you were trying to do. Help me understand what you were hoping would happen. Help me understand what you're frustrated about. Let's work this out. And when they tell us, we can say, you know what? I can really understand why you'd want that. That sounds like a really cool thing. That's a great idea. I would want that too if I were in your situation, right? We empathize. We affirm the fact that what they were going after was a good thing. And then the third step, we be responsible and we show them how to be responsible. So you couldn't do it that way or you got frustrated trying to do it that way. What are some other ways that we can meet this need? What are some other ways that you could serve this intention? So I am showing them how that they are able to respond in a way that is good for them and good for those around them. That is being responsible in love, right? Because love is working for somebody's good, my own good or the other person's ultimate good. Being responsible means being able to respond. So I am now showing them that they are able to respond in a loving way to their feelings, to the problem, to the situation, uh, to the other person. I'm a, that they are able to choose alternative ways to get their needs met, to work for their own good and the good of the others around them. So, you know, they tell me, well, first of all, they, they melt, let's go through the steps. They melt down. They're upset. Instead of taking it personally, I'm going to remember that there's an intention behind this emotion. They're trying to do something. They're frustrated in it. They're taking it out on me because they don't know how else to get it, or they see me as the obstacle because I said, no, don't do that. And so now they think they're not allowed to get the thing or meet their need. So I'm not going to take that personally. I'm going to recognize there's an intention behind it. So now step two, I'm going to empathize. Help me understand what you were trying to do. Let's take a breath and try to figure this out together. What were you, what were you hoping you'd accomplish? What were you hoping would happen? Let's talk through what your intention was. Step three, be responsible. Show them how they, are, how they are able to respond in healthier ways to get their needs met. Okay, so you weren't able to do it that way. What are some other ways that you could meet that need, fulfill that intention, serve that goal? Let's figure it out together. You know, when I was in the situation like that, this is what I did. Would that work for you? Don't tell them what to do. Lead them to it. Ask them questions that help them figure it out for themselves. When you're able to do these three steps, you are able to mourn with your children, mourn in the sense that you are able to be with them in their sadness, in their frustration, in their pain, in their fear, in their anger, in their whatever. And because you are responding to them the way our Heavenly Father responds to our feelings and our frustrations and all the rest of it, when your kids think of you, the word support will come to mind. Because they'll realize that no matter how big their feelings are, no matter how frustrated they are, not being able to achieve their goals or meet their needs or discover or, or serve their intentions, they know somebody they can go to for help. They know that dad will be able to help them. And they know that their heavenly father will be able to help them too because their heavenly father gave them a dad who was able to mourn with them and feel their feelings and help them respond to those feelings in responsible 
and loving ways. Blessed are the dads who mourn. Let's ask for the Lord's intercession. Lord Jesus Christ, we come into your presence and we thank you for mourning with us, for never walking away from our feelings, from never being intimidated by our emotions or our displays of anger, frustration, resentment, fear, and all the rest. Give us your heart, Heavenly Father, so that we might be able to share that heart with our children. Make us like your servant, St. Joseph, who was always present and always sensitive and always responsive to the needs of the Blessed Mother and of your Son, Jesus Christ. Help us to be men after your own heart, fathers after your own heart, and be able to mourn with our wife and with our children so that they never feel alone and always feel accompanied and supported by the love that we share with them, a love that comes from your heart. We ask all of this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.